Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you right now. I have on uh, Zoom audio with me, uh, James A. Janice, and he is the host of the YouTube channel, Dead Meat. Hey, James, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good, Scotty. Hey, how are you? I am doing great. I'm really excited and nervous. Like I said, before we started recording about this interview, I'm super pumped though. I wanted to get you on so much, like for so long and I finally made it happen, you know, and I'm so glad we can make this happen. Yeah, me too, man. I always love doing interviews and, and such with uh, all sizes of podcasts and YouTube channels. Cause you know, I I've been there at every step of the way from just a fledgling little channel to, you know, where I am now. And I know that, uh, it, you know, the quality isn't dependent on the size. Absolutely, absolutely. And I will be the first to say that um, I did hear a few of your interviews and I know you did, we're gonna talk about a little bit about your about how you came up with the kill count. And the funny thing is, is your story is pretty much the same way how my story is. I was always obsessed with body counts and death scenes and all that. <laughs> and I always wanted to create something like that. When I seen how you did it, I was like, I would like to do something like that as well one day. Like I really would. Oh, great, man. Yeah, because yeah. you said you're uh, you're working on your own project in that band. Yes, um, I have the body count out. I am actually doing the Halloween series to an extent. Uh, like, I'm doing the Halloween, but I'm taking a little bit of a break because I can't believe how much work goes into it. A lot of work, man. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and I have a full-time job on top of that, so it makes yeah. things a little more difficult to work 40 hours a week and put, like, you know, I literally, my weekend is 12 hours of editing and then another six or seven hours on Sundays. That's not including filming and script writing. Yep. Yeah. People don't realize how much work goes into it. And that's why I often try to live stream my editing process yep. just so that people can see how much work goes into the, the videos. Because yes. I mean, I'll be, I'll be live streaming an edit session and it'll be, you know, it'll go by two hours. will go by and some people in the chat will be like, wow, I can't believe you've been working for two whole hours. I'm like, dude, that's nothing. These take these take dozens of hours to make. Absolutely. It's 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 crazy. It really is. And like I said, that's usually my whole weekend. So I mean, I am so grateful that you do this and you don't just do it for like a hobby. Like this is your life. Like this is your job. So and I'm glad you have something that you're passionate about and that you can do. And that's really great. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm very fortunate to have this as my job to Absolutely. uh I mean it's a lot of work, like we were just saying, but uh, it could be, I could be having to do a lot of work on something that I don't love and right. that would suck. So would. <laughs> I, I don't mind putting in all this time and effort because it, it is something I'm truly passionate about. Absolutely. And one thing I did want to mention also to you, um, and since we're live, like not live, but like recording, I would love to say this to you, um, is that I really am appreciative, especially with it being pride month. I'm really appreciative of how you are with the LGBTQ community, how you're so accepting. And so, you know, you know, how you just accept equality. Cause I am a part of that community. And that is one main reason why I became a fan of yours is because you're not one of those people that judge you are for equality. Oh, good. And yeah, you know, it's, it's so weird. Um, uh, just how sometimes I feel like people strive to make that part of their identity, uh, right. not like being a member of that community or such, but, but being right. a quote unquote ally and being supportive and, you know, every post they make tends to be about that. And that's fine. It, it's a good mm -hmm. positive message, but I feel like that's not something entirely necessary, at exactly. least for me to do. I, I, I think you need both. I think you need people yes. who are very outspoken 
uh, allies and, and are always bringing those issues uh, to the forefront and, and, you know, in that regard. But I also think you need sometimes people who just kind of normalize it. Cause like, mm-hmm. I don't think of myself as uh, uh, it's never an inconvenience or an effort to me right. to be supportive. It, it's just being a good people. It, it just makes sense to me. And exactly. it, it's shocking to me that it's not just a natural intuitive thing. So I love hearing from various communities that they appreciate my support of them. Yes. And, you know, I am mindful of things that maybe I, I, uh, have blind sides too, because as a, a straight white man, I, you know, started life on easy. So it's easy yep. for me to get blindsided by the privileges that I'm afforded. But it, really, I think it just comes down to being, you know, being a good person and just right. uh, recognizing so that everyone, <laughs> yeah, everyone is, is, is entitled to the same kind of uh, treatment. I don't know, man. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it really is. Now, really, this is like, I know you were or are a wrestling fan. Yeah. Um, I am a huge wrestling fan myself. And yeah, I, you said that you had some uh, wrestlers on your show, right? Who have you had? I have. I had a GTG. Um, I had um, uh, James Ellsworth, Kazarni. Oh, nice. um, so I had a couple of people that were on my show. Um, what the hell is going on with the releases today? Braun Strowman. Oh, yeah. Ruby yeah, like Riot. A few hours before we started recording, they announced yep. a whole bunch of releases. The the most shocking by far being Braun Strowman. Oh, like, absolutely. What the, that guy was world champ less than a year ago. Right. <laughs> he was just at WrestleMania in a high profile match with Shane McMahon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, I I stopped watching regularly. Like, okay, so I watched as a kid in like the the wrestling craze like probably right. 99 to 01 mm-hmm. uh sh- stopped shortly after the invasion angle mm-hmm. concluded and then i didn't get back into it until 2019 so a huge right. gap huge blind yes. spot there and i watched real consistently for 2019 and 2020 and mm-hmm. then near the end of 2020 I, I started to lose a little bit of interest and i dropped watching raw and i just stuck to smackdown because mm-hmm. i think smackdown at least right now is the oh, far yeah. better show Yes. Uh, and then, like, they, they released those, they did the releases earlier this year that included uh, my favorites, the Iconics. Who yeah, I that was one of my questions. <laughs> yeah, and w- as soon as they released them, I was like, you know what, this just might not be for me. So I right. I stopped watching entirely. I think for, for WrestleMania Backlash, was that the last pay-per-view that they had? Yes, that was. Yeah, for that one, I just... I put it on my second monitor while I was working and, and barely paid attention. But I used... It's, it's such a sad fall mm-hmm. from how I used to watch the pay-per-views because right. I mean before COVID I had viewing parties for all of them yeah. and would have 20 25 people over to watch these things all together mm-hmm. order a whole bunch of subs and and have a bunch nice. of drinks and it was a blast like literally I think uh what was the last one before COVID hit I think Elimination Chamber yeah I was uh, actually at that event too you were there oh, yes cool. I was yeah, the, when they're when you're there in person, it's so much fun, and the energy yep. is so great, and I love it because I yeah. we went to SummerSlam 2019, and nice. then we went to the uh, premiere of SmackDown on Fox because I was here nice. in LA. Yes. So I mean, and both of those occasions, at the end of one of them, a yep. guy came up to us and was like, "Hey, uh, I just want to let you know, I wasn't even watching the wrestling; I was just watching you guys because you guys were so <laughs> excited." And I was like. <laughs> Now, everyone should be. We're at, yep. we're watching people wrestle. It's great. Absolutely. Yeah, when absolutely. the Undertaker came out at Elimination Chamber, the place lost it. But it was so cool because I had never seen the Undertaker come 
from like under the ring. Like I, I, every time I seen him, he would it would always be when he was in a match. It was never like where the the gong rings and then he comes out from under the ring and then he hides. And then afterwards, when he you know on TV he's gone, he literally yeah. quickly slides out and goes right back under. Which is really <laughs> Dude, cool. I am so jealous of you because we actually had tickets to WrestleMania 2020. We had nice. like they were real good tickets. I think they were yeah. like second or third row, and we were <laughs> fucking pumped. Can I swear on this podcast? <laughs> Yes, you can. Fuck yeah. All right. We were <laughs> fucking pumped to go there. And then COVID hit and knocked it out. And uh, that was Undertaker's last match. We were going to see Undertaker's last match. Yeah. And now I, I've never seen him live. And so I, right. I never will. And that just sucks. I want to I wanna sit there for 20 minutes while he right. slowly walks down to the ring. Yep. I'll never get to experience that. Yep. Oh, my God. And it is really great in person. Um, I was at, I hope I don't make you really jealous here, and it wasn't really that great of a pay-per-view, but it was to an extent. But I was at WrestleMania 29 in Jersey. Oh, cool. Yes. And uh, that was Undertaker, CM Punk, John Cena, The Rock. Oh, man. Yeah. Nice. So that was really cool. And then I was at Raw the night after um, yeah, where um, we had um, – where uh, Undertaker was there as well. And uh, that was – I think was it Ryback that turned heel against John Cena or something? <laughs> and and uh, Dolph Ziggler cashed in money in the bank. Like, oh, wow. Epic. Yes. Oh, that's great, dude. Yes, yeah, I mean really uh, the coolest thing I saw live was uh, at SummerSlam 2019 was the Fiend's wrestling nice. debut. So oh, nice. we got to be there in person for when his music – played for the first time and i remember sitting there that whole event being like match after match would happen and awesome. we were just like wait fiend versus balor still hasn't gone on they're doing that they're doing right? that. Wait, oh this is gonna be a thing huh yes and it was awesome <laughs> it was and i don't even know if you remember i think it was the last man standing match between kane and shane at unforgiven 2003 in hershey i was at that event Oh wow! Oh, so you've been you've been there for a while then? Yeah, I've I've been a wrestling fan since '93, and I was like oh, three geez. or four years old. <laughs> <laughs> I, my first show, what I watched was uh, Raw, and I remember the main event perfectly. It was Undertaker versus Damian Demento. I remember the main event, the very first main event. I don't event. even know who Damian Demento is, but that's that's great. Man. <laughs> he was a jobber. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love I love going to wrestling events. Me and my dad always went to them together. And then when he hit, got hit with brain cancer uh, almost five years ago, and now he's currently in the hospital, he can't walk again. So they gave him a year and a half to live. Um, and he had a stroke and everything like that after brain surgery. They gave him a year and a half to live, and then um, he ended up. Uh, they he's here. He's you know going on five years now. So he's out beating all the odds. Well, good for him, man. I'm yeah. I'd love to see that. Uh, you know that kind of fight. Yes, absolutely. So uh, one question I, and you may have answered this in many of interviews. I don't know. I just didn't see the answers. And I'm actually curious about this question. So what made you decide to start the channel dead meat? And where did that name come from? Uh, so previous to dead meat, I had a channel called practical folks. That was mm -hmm. with a group of people, including my now fiance, Chelsea, Rebecca. Nice. Uh, it was four of us with like additional people in various roles but it, you know it we I, i'm proud of the stuff that we did on that channel but we did hit a plateau as far as growth goes i think we mm -hmm. uh were around sixty thousand subscribers and which is a you know great number for a youtube mm -hmm. channel but i knew that i wanted to make youtube a career and be able to work for myself and with those kinds of numbers and splitting everything four ways that wasn't going to happen like right that, it just wasn't so um, eventually in 2016, late mm -hmm. 2016, I started to 
uh, develop my ideas for my own solo channel just so I can make content on my own time. Because with practical folks, uh, I mean, those those people are still my best friends and we hang out every day. But uh, I was doing the majority of the work, the editing work, and I was just the one who always wanted to do more. And the other people would various time commitments or whatever would would hold us back from being able to release more content. So I decided, OK, I'll just do my own channel. I'll still do practical folks. But with my own channel, I can release things on my terms. And so I started to try to figure out what I wanted my channel to be about. And I actually, for a little while, considered having a channel that covered three different things, which wouldn't work at all. And it's right. shocking that even after four years of doing YouTube under practical folks, that I still misunderstood the platform enough to think that this was at all a good idea. But I was right. like, okay, I'll have a James A. Janice channel and it'll cover horror movies and it'll cover fitness and it'll cover politics. And people can come <laughs> to this channel for all three of those things, which makes right. no fucking sense. It doesn't right. at all. But I was like, okay, well, the first thing I'll do is I'll start with horror movies and then mm -hmm. I'll eventually add the other stuff. But as I developed the idea, I realized that I would probably be spending more time with horror movies than the other things and decide to make the channel solely devoted to that. Mm -hmm. I think I still have the plan to eventually have other channels with those other interests of mine. But mm -hmm. those just, you know, once Dead Meat became my job, it was like, OK, I don't have time for other channels. But right. the name Dead Meat. I mean, I'm real bad at naming things. Practical mm -hmm. Folks was a name that we came up with after I think literally over a thousand suggestions and just random words that we threw out there. And we just nice. kind of decided as a committee, but with dead meat, I did have a few other, um, uh, uh, other options late in the game, but none of them were as simple to spell and as easy to remember as dead meat. So I'm, I'm happy that I came up with that name and it, it comes from Friday six, Jason lives when, yep. The kids are like, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, I I think we're dead meat, real dead meat. And that's why that's in the yep. extended intro for the channel, uh, like what plays in front of the podcast episodes. And yeah, so that's where I took the name and it took awesome. off. Yeah, it was great. Awesome. And I know you do like a lot of low budget indie films, right? Uh, what do you mean? Like uh, independent films, like low budget, for example, Thanks Killing or like those stupid, they're really stupid that they're good type of thing. <laughs> I've actually haven't done too many of those because yeah. let's see, I did Thanksgiving. Uh, other than that, I, I don't know. I haven't done too many because for yeah. a few reasons, first off, as the channel grows and as YouTube's algorithm changes, which is mm -hmm. always a, a struggle to keep yes. up with, but people, especially right now, tend to be more interested in new well-known properties. And right. honestly, if it were up to me, I would be covering just 80 slashers, like cheesy movies that are right. easier for me to go through and summarize and easier for me to find background information on and, and yes. celebrate the, the cheesiness of those. But those right. episodes don't do as well. And so yeah. I've got to stick to, I've always got to release the ones like Countdown and Escape Room and just these newer, flashier mm -hmm. ones that will appeal to the younger audience. And at this point, I'm trying to do kind of a one for you, one for me type situation where yeah. I'll do like the bigger, more requested movies. And then I'll do a movie like, I don't know, Happy Birthday to Me is a recent one that I put out with. It's yeah. like a weird 80s slasher that I had a lot of fun talking about. But right. uh, I also try to avoid the really low budget, really um, mm -hmm. amateur films put together because, you know, I, part of the show is 
having fun with the movies and right. kind of teasing them and 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 having fun and pointing out when things don't really work for me. And I don't want to bully movies that are made on a shoestring budget by people who are just trying to figure stuff out. And I, I, that's not my style. I don't want to like Thanksgiving is a unique case. Uh, yes. But I think those people knew exactly what they were doing. I would imagine that if they saw my episode about their film, mm -hmm. they would probably laugh along with it because <laughs> at a certain point in that episode, I'm just like just bewildered by what I'm watching and I'm right. laughing at the absurdity of it all. But right. I don't want to put on a movie that was made real cheap with bad effects and bad acting and just right. shit all over the people who made it. Because you know what? They made a movie, which is something I've never done. So right. I, I respect them and and have yeah. more respect for them than what I do Absolutely. for myself. And I, I'll be the first to say my first movie that we that my company put together, it was literally I spent six thousand dollars of my own personal funds. We didn't yeah. have a budget. And it was a good no, it wasn't good, but we got experience. <laughs> we learned from our mistakes. Now we just made on our Indiegogo for our next movie that we filmed in July. Now we, uh, we, we literally re just reached the $4,000 mark on oh, donations. And so we made a lot of connections so from good. it. So I'm really excited. And it's kind of based on the pandemic to an extent, more like a cabin fever type of thing. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of working on that. So that's going to be really exciting as well. Um, oh, good luck with that, man. Thank you. Yeah. It's got a budget now. That's all that matters at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, what is your, uh, your, uh, most favorite kill count you've done and your least favorite? Oh man. Uh, let's start with least favorite. I always have a hard time saying that something's my least favorite because, right. um, in general, I have a hard time saying that like people ask what my least favorite horror movie is. And honestly, I just said, like, I made a big deal out of, I I'll always know what you did last summer just to have an mm -hmm. answer to that question. Right. But at a certain point, I feel like when you don't like something, you don't like it. It, it just right. reaches a floor and everything's on that floor. There's not mm -hmm. like something in the cellar. Um, yes. As far as my own kill counts go, it, it's really hard for me to say that there's a least because mm -hmm. most of them I have only uh, – mo the vast majority of them, I would say probably like 90 to 95% of them, I haven't watched since I released them. You know, I right. spend so much time making them, editing them, watching them back to catch any mistakes – and then I publish them, and that's it. Like, I, I never right. go back to it. So it's hard for me to judge their quality, especially right. older ones that I haven't seen in, you know, four years now. But uh, I do remember, just to have an answer, I think one of the Candyman sequels, okay. either two or three, uh, I, I, I remember watching back that kill count right before I posted it and being like, yeah, this one's, yeah, this one's all right, I guess. It doesn't have too <laughs> many strong jokes or whatever. So maybe right. something like that. Um, because I try to make each episode unique, whether it's like an episode where I'm having more fun with it and it's more about right. the humor or sometimes that doesn't work with every movie. So sometimes my episodes will be more about the, the making of the film and the behind the scenes stuff and just my respect for the craft. And then, right. you know, th there's also those episodes where I lean into the, the scariness of it and I add the jump scares and I, I try mm -hmm. to convey how uh, spooky the movie is. And so they all have different flavors. And that also adds to how difficult it is to Absolutely. judge them based against each other since they're all doing their own thing. But as far as my favorites go, those tend to be the real, <laughs> uh, the real iconoclastic movies where they're just like mm -hmm. so unique and just have such absurd what the fuck moments in them that right. I can have a lot of fun with them. So early on, for instance, the Leprechaun movies, I really enjoyed making yeah. jokes about those. I think that those are, I have watched some of those kill counts back and I think that those are 
still very funny. I watched uh, those recently and I, I couldn't stop laughing at some of your jokes. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing about those is that was before I was doing all the behind the scenes stuff, which right. I think is valuable. And mm-hmm. I always want to have the, the behind the scenes production info in my episodes, just so that people can learn about the work that goes in these movies. Like we were talking about earlier, you know, people um, consume entertainment without always necessarily understanding the sheer amount of work that goes into it. So whether it's my editing live streams or whether it's what I include in the kill counts, I want to convey to people that yes, what we're doing in the big picture may not matter. We're not curing cancer or anything, but we are putting a lot of work into what we're doing. And so are these people, even when they're making leprechaun movies, it's a lot of work. But uh, what's funny to me about those, those early kill counts, like with the leprechaun ones was it was before I did that. And so those episodes are just jokes and it's just like nonstop humor. And I can appreciate that. So those are really funny. I remember the silent night, deadly night kill counts. Those are really weird and people were not interested in them. They did not watch those episodes, but I think they were really funny. And then more recently stuff like um, happy or no bloody birthday and bloody Mm -hmm. new year, both totally unrelated films, but they're both so weird. And it was a lot of fun to, just point out the, like I said, the absurdities, sometimes in the background of these, the bloody birth, there's a clown at a birthday party in bloody birthday who's juggling and wearing a shirt that says, I can't say no. And that's the funniest <laughs> fucking thing to me. Really Why is. was that in that movie? I don't know, but it's great. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on the upcoming Halloween Kills film? Oh, I'm really excited about that. I loved Halloween 2018. I thought it was a really good return to form. I've, I've, think i've mentioned that i uh halloween is probably my least favorite of the mm-hmm. big three franchise i don't know i know that nightmare is my favorite because i love freddy and the creativity and just like mm-hmm. I, I like that i like freddy a lot uh yeah. jason and michael bore me sometimes especially in those <laughs> later sequels where it's just yeah. you know slash them ups but i think that 2018 was a really cool uh modernization yeah. of the slasher yeah and and just I thought it was great. I loved it. So as long as they continue in that kind of vein, yeah. I'm excited to see what they do with it. And yeah, it's just one of so many horror movies coming out this year. Cause oh, I know I, like they had a few that were ready to come out last year yep. and then they didn't because of theaters closing due to the pandemic. Right. Halloween and so, kills is one of them. Which, yeah. yeah, exactly. That was going to come yeah. out last year. Uh, Spiral, which just came out the yep. book from the book of saw that was supposed to come out last year. Nice. So yep. it's great that this year we're getting all the movies that, we're going to come out last year and all the movies that have been made in the meantime, and we're going to come out this year. It's great. I love it. Absolutely. So I know that Friday the 13th is coming up in August and I know you're doing a whole redo of them because they were your first kill counts. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming it's going to start Friday the 13th in August. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. I never spe- specified that, but uh, I think people were able to put two and two together when I yeah. said, I'm going to start the Friday the 13th kill counts in August. Oh, look at that. There's a Friday the 13th in August. And the reason I chose it and because uh, because it just seemed perfect to me is because mm-hmm. there are 12 movies in Friday the 13th, the series, and yep. the 12th episode, if I start on Friday, Friday, August 13th, the 12th one will come out on the Friday closest to Halloween. So. Exactly. And th- it's funny you mentioned that because I'm doing, uh, I was actually going uh, to start up the Friday the 13th on Friday the 13th for the body count. Yep. And I was going to skip uh, skip the Freddy versus Jason so I could do that as its own entity. And then the Friday closest to Halloween started with trick or treat. 
Oh, there you go. Perfect. Yes. That was that was my first uh, Halloween special too. Was trick or treat. Nice. Yeah. Yes, I I met uh, Sam Todd who played uh, what's her name, um, uh, Rhonda the retard in uh, oh. in uh, Trick or Treat. I met her at a convention I was at. Um, I was a guest at a convention for Gravestone Films um, d- um, for our first movie, Samhain, and uh, she she came out and uh, she was stopped over and said hi to me and everything. She was really, really sweet. Oh, that's cool. I haven't met her. Yeah, she's a very sweet lady. Um, so we only have about a couple more minutes left, so I want to give you the chance to explain where did the idea of the kill count come from? Uh yeah, basically, I wanted to cover horror movies, and mm-hmm. I wanted to find a fun and engaging way to do so. Right. And uh, I've, I've talked about it before. I actually made my own horror movie website back in, like, 2003, I think. Mm-hmm. I learned HTML just to code it. Nice. It was a very basic website, but yeah. it was me and my friends, and I would watch horror movies with them, and we would do really shitty little reviews of mm-hmm. them. And one of the nice. things on this website and the thing that I most consistently did on the website was body counts for the horror mm-hmm. movies. And I don't know, my brain works in a weird way. I'm always trying to be productive and turn everything that I do into something productive. And mm-hmm. so, and that was the case even when I was young. So it was right. a way of watching these movies and some somehow logging them by right. keeping track of the kills in them. And so uh, I just went back to that idea when I, you know, 20 years later when I decided to do this this uh, YouTube channel and it worked mm-hmm. out. Awesome. So two more questions I got, I'll ask you. Uh, the first one is, I know you're a big fan of the Iconics. What are your thoughts about them being released and what do you think, uh, and where do you think they should do from here? Where should they go? AEW, New Japan, Impact? What, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, when they, like I said earlier, when they were released, that Mm -hmm. was the straw that broke the camel's back for me to to stop keeping up with WWE just because it's so stupid. Like, they are, I mean, one, their split was a huge Mm -hmm. problem for me. Splitting them up was completely senseless, didn't make any sense. And, uh, you know, like, Billy Kay, uh, Jessica, is one of the funniest people they have. She's just so naturally talented. And even if they didn't have something for them in ring, or if they mm-hmm. wanted to push Peyton as a singles wrestler, like make Billy her manager, it, it just it it makes no sense to not utilize that talent that you have, and oh, it just no. shows me how uh, inept the the talent management can be yes. at WWE to to let something like that go. So yeah. I've been following their podcast off her chops. It's two nice. episodes in so far, and I've been listening to those. And uh, you know, it, it's funny to hear that they haven't addressed anything directly. Mm-hmm. But it does sound like there's a possibility that they won't be continuing wrestling. And okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. You, you know, I want them to do what's good for them. And I know that Absolutely. Billy is, um, Jessica is taking acting classes. And yes. I think that that is a great opportunity for her. And in fact, I've even told her that if I ever get around to writing a horror movie, uh, I would love to put her in it because I, mm-hmm. I, you know, depending on the tone of the film, I think she could be great. I, Think about Spree, that movie with Joe Keery. Yes. I think that she would have been a fantastic bit part in that movie as like one of his passengers, just because oh just her style of performance yes. is so funny. And I think yeah. that she'd be great in that. So I really wish them the best in whatever they do. It would make sense uh, to me mm-hmm. for Peyton or uh, Cassie to go to AEW since her husband is there. That yes. would, you know, make a lot of sense. But whatever they want to do, I wish them the best of luck. And I think that they're both very talented, ambitious people who can make anything happen. 
Great. So the last question I got for you, um, cons are starting to open back up because of the pandemic. Um, yeah. I know you love going to cons and I would love to meet you one day, obviously. So do you have any plans or ideas when you'll be going back to cons? And then the last part of that question is anything that you want to promote here to our viewing and listening audience. Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't have, I don't know if, let's see, I'm, I'm looking at my calendar right now. I don't know what the next con will be that we'll be at. But I do know that Son of Monster Palooza is slated for October 8th through 10th mm -hmm. and that we bought a table there way back before the pandemic mm -hmm. and that that's carried over. So uh, we will most likely be at that one. And then when is um, Texas Frightmare? That's a big one that we love to go to. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember. I know it was postponed. Mm -hmm. New dates have arrived. Let's see. Uh, we'll be postponed to September 10th. Okay. 2021. Uh, and, and again, that's a case where we got a table and we got a hotel room and all that was transferred over to this new date. So I would expect us to be there. Okay. September. Uh, and that might be the first one that we go to. I don't know if there's any before that um if they are further away from us I, I don't know if we'd be able to make it if they're local to la that probably has a higher chance of us making it but right. the next big one that i know of is texas frightmare september 10th and awesome. so we should be there awesome do you have anything you want to promote any websites any kill counts or anything that you want to promote before we say farewell uh I mean, I got my social media at Dead Meat James on Twitter and Instagram. And, you know, there's always the YouTube channel, Dead Meat, home of the Kill mm -hmm. Count. And as of today, brand new series called They Talk, created by my editor and producer, Zorn Gavoyich. And it's real fun. Next week, uh, I don't think we've said this publicly anywhere, but next week is the second episode of They Talk. Uh, it's Scream, and I'm going to be doing the voice for it. So I hope that I can follow up. Zoran's masterful performance as Jason in this first episode. Awesome. We'll see how it goes. And I will verify to everybody to definitely watch it because I watched it this morning and it was very great. And it was funny. It was very funny. And I enjoyed every minute of it. So definitely check that out for James. Support his channel. Subscribe to his channel. Subscribe, uh, subscribe like any of his social medias. Thank you, James, for joining me. Hey, thanks a lot, Scotty, for having yep. me, man. Not a problem. Thank you. You have a good rest of your day. You too. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.